everyone, and welcome back to Crowning Around, a podcast where three regular everyday peasants attempt to learn about the royal family through their depictions on film and television. My name is Sam Chung, and we are coming at you on a very big day because, as you may know, today is April 21st, the birthday of Queen Elizabeth II, who today turns 96 years old, and we thought there would be no better way to celebrate the Queen's birthday than to get together and do our favorite thing, which is to talk about the Netflix series, The Crown. And this is not just any episode of The Crown either. This is the season three finale, Cree de Cur. And yes, uh, this may have been an episode mostly about Princess Margaret, but they did manage to squeeze some Elizabeth stuff in there as well. We have a lot to break down, not much time to do it. So uh, we can jump right in. Of course, helping me as always are my two wonderful co-hosts. First, a guy who only has one bathing suit, his Union Jack Speedo, it's Ivan Vukovic. Ivan, how many bathing suits do you think a person needs? Um, <laughs> uh, zero or more. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, all right. Also back with us today, a woman who's waiting for Wilson to invite her to dinner at Downing Street. It's Carlin Greenwald. Carlin, what a roller coaster season for Harold Wilson. <laughs> Yeah, he remains my top fave. Um, I think he's the best prime minister so far. I think he had the best um, dream for the country, and he's been going through a lot. Yeah, and he won a minority election. Can you even win? In the United States, you can't win a minority election, can you? It has to be a majority. you can't. (laughs) No, no. I mean, yeah, we we do like the first past the post style in the, the U.S., yeah. So yeah, without a majority, like there's just, I mean, it's it's designed f- so that like there needs to be a majority outcome. Yeah. Like if there's a minority, if there's no majority, there's a runoff usually, right? Another election where uh, you can it, only it, vote it for the two leading the, people. Yeah. It, it, assuming there were even like, you know, more, more than two candidates to begin with. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I'm I assuming guess. that's what, uh-huh. that's what must have happened with Harold Wilson. But in the UK, I guess it's just like, you can have a minority leader, whoever just has the most. We are dangerously underqualified to, <laughs> to make speculation about this. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, yeah. I, a lot was lost on me, I think, as far as the political stuff goes. But we can jump into it um, as we talk about the episode. As always, though, before we start, we just want to say if you came here because you are looking for factual clarity about what happened in the episode, uh, you've come to the wrong place because we don't know. We watched the episode Um, And we're just going to assume that everything that happened in this episode is factually accurate, Um, even though, once again, we did not get an end card uh, letting us know that, you know, (laughs) I don't know what they would have told us. The Queen's Jubilee was a success. (laughs) No, uh, my my wife made the joke that the end card should have been Elizabeth and Margaret remain sisters for the rest of their lives. (laughs) Oh, my God. That is true. That is true. Uh, yeah, I know. How many how many seasons now have ended with Elizabeth and Margaret in a scene together? I guess it's just season one, right? Because last season it was Elizabeth and Philip. I guess so. I don't remember. Yeah, well, I think, I mean, season one, I mean, that was many lifetimes ago now. But I seem to recall the that finale being like, that, that was very much tied to like uh, Margaret's like, you know, kind of uh, marriage woes mm-hmm. and everything to do with Peter Townsend, right? So yeah, like uh, the 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 a plot of the episode involved both Elizabeth and Margaret, whereas here I think Elizabeth was a little bit more removed from it. And we can talk, I think, at the end, just like a little bit. We can save some time at the end to talk a little bit about like the season at large, 
and kind of like our overarching thoughts on how we how we view season three in comparison to one and two because it was obviously the same show but there was a lot that was different about it as well um Mm -hmm. but before we do any of that we have to talk about the finale here so carlin um could you please give us a quick recap of season three episode 10 yeah, so Margaret is having marriage trouble with Tony. That's sort of been a continuous thing we've sort of seen in the season, but right now it's really come to a head. We know that she and Tony live apart. Tony has a girlfriend named Lucy that he's pretty serious about, like to the point where they kind of jokingly talk about like if they could ever get married and Tony's kind of like that'll only happen if like Margaret falls out of love. So very like difficult situation for like all three of them, I guess. And meanwhile, Heath loses the election and Wilson is back. So I have nothing else to add about that. I didn't really understand the rest of the plot. Um, So Tony is starting to be absent from major events, including he doesn't even come to, I think it's Margaret's birthday. Like he just like doesn't show up and people are starting to notice. And so Margaret decides to sort of follow a friend's advice who says like just go on vacation to try to get away for a little bit. But what ends up happening is that friend sets her up with this guy named Roddy, who is a 25-year-old like grad student. And at this point, Margaret is, I think, in her 40s. So pretty decent age gap there. And basically, Margaret and Roddy hit it off and they start their own affair counter to Tony and Lucy. And meanwhile, <laughs> Elizabeth is dealing with her, I think it's her first jubilee. I think that's an every 25-year thing, something like that. And basically, she's having Tony decorate. No, he's designing the merchandise. And so in within that conversation, she sort of talks about like, she's aware of the marriage problems. And she's like, you know, Tony, like, can you guys patch it up? And he says that he was going to, but now he can't because he learned about Roddy, which we can discuss later about the dynamics there. And basically, Margaret and Roddy continue to see each other. And they try, they're trying to be discreet, obviously, because Margaret, uh, you know, sexism, she can't be seen with a lover. So they go to this Caribbean island only for the paparazzi to capture a photo of them. And that photo gets widely circulated and it's a huge embarrassment to the crown and also to Tony. And so basically Tony goes to confront Roddy and Margaret when they come back to England and Tony and Margaret like duke it out. Like they have like a huge fight that they really don't seem like they can come back from. And he basically like Roddy leaves because he's, you know, this is awkward. And Tony's like, if you leave, like, we're not going to patch up. It's like, if you follow after him, we're not going to patch up this marriage. And of course, Margaret follows after him. So we kind of get the idea that like that marriage is not going to come back from it. It's uh, it's Dunzo's. Meanwhile, Wilson and Elizabeth. Wilson, even though he seems like he's going to be the new prime minister, he said he comes to Liz and he's like, I have to resign because I am showing signs of Alzheimer's. And it's very sad. And Liz is like, I still want to like have dinner with you. Like if you invite me to... Downing Street, I will come. So she, I guess she invites herself, but you know, big, big um, honor for Wilson. He's a, he's a great A. We love him. And then meanwhile, Margaret, who is kind of like her life is totally in the dumps. She attempts suicide and then Liz goes to visit her afterwards. And they sort of have this talk where Margaret's like, you know, I'm bad with men and I'm not good at anything. And like, they're going to divorce. And Elizabeth's like, no, you're good at being a sister. And like, this experience has made me realize that like I would not be able to, you know, handle life without you. And so they kind of have a sweet moment together where Elizabeth's like, it's going to be okay. And that's kind of where we mostly end as far as I remember. Thanks, Carlin. Um, yeah, I mean, this was, 
it, it has to have been uh, Helena Bonham Carter's For Your Consideration episode. And I think she delivered. I thought it was a, mm-hmm. it was a solid Margaret episode after we talked about this last week, Margaret being pretty heavily underutilized throughout the season. Do, do, you, do you think her performance in this episode like, was better than in Margaretology when she did her U.S. tour? I think it's a different dynamic. It's like a different part of her, right? I do. I think that this probably took more effort. I think that what she was doing in this episode was probably more complex than what she was doing in Margaretology. Um, and for that reason, I would I would think that this is probably the more like what they would point to, you know, when they're like, this is Helen and Bonham Carter as as Margaret. Yeah. yeah also, I guess no that. limericks. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, instead, she's just in despair. And we know how the Emmys love despair for their drama categories. But she, yeah, no, yes. she's so versatile. It's incredible to think that like it's the same perform, like the same performer for like those two like very drastically different episodes. Also, you know, getting choked by Tony, like just a lot, a lot of like there, physical yeah. stuff here too. You know, it's mm-hmm. really, really well rounded. Should we start with the birthday? Like, I feel like this is at least the second birthday we've seen that's just gotten like totally gone totally off the rails um there was that guy's birthday earlier who just was totally upstaged by like the death of winston churchill Um, oh yeah (laughs) and now there's this birthday where um margaret's like my husband is cheating on me and everybody's like oh but we love tony that was like these people have no tact (laughs) i can't imagine having to be alive in that era where i'm sure that's like a normal thing to just be like oh your husband's great you can fix this. <laughs> it's probably your fault. Do, do you think that like in that birthday scene that the showrunners made a, a deliberate hair and makeup decision uh, to make Helena Bonham Carter look very much like Bellatrix Lestrange to show her like mental decay? <laughs> I would, yeah, she just goes into a goth phase whenever she's upset, as one does. Uh, I didn't even notice that. Yeah, I don't. I don't. I mean, I was. I I think that was the first and only time she ever had her hair fully down. Hmm. Maybe I. I definitely don't think that it was top of mind for them. But it is a fun connection. I don't think. I also don't think we can talk about this birthday and probably like the episode overall without talking about like Queen Mother, who I think we also talked about last episode as being like she's very different, and I feel like she had like her Queen Mother Gen Two coming out party in this episode as well. Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like it's a different character each episode it, with the Queen yes, Mother. Because this is this, I mean, she's really, I think, the leader of being like, I love Tony. I love that Tony flirts with me. <laughs> Isn't that so funny? Because didn't she not like Tony in when they first met? Yeah, but again, different Queen Mother. That's true. I mean, I imagine it's one of those things where like, yeah, the moment he becomes charming and like they're married. And so it kind of seems like legit at this point because he's like in an institution and then he gets like a lordship. She's like, wow, this charming man. I see what Margaret saw. And then she doesn't have to deal with like, you know, Tony being terrible. Uh, speaking of like different versions of the characters, my my heart leapt a bit when we saw those uh, old photos given to Elizabeth uh, from Tony that uh, that depict them as like their younger Claire Foy and Matt Smith's selves. Oh, I know that was such a that was a trip. I really love that. Do we it's think so that fun. they took those pictures during season one or season two, or they had to come back to do a shoot so that they probably could had use to come them? back to do a shoot? Right? Wait, would they be that far in oh. advance? Unless they're like set photos. Yeah, I think they, they were probably just like set photos and 
yeah, I mean, they they must have just gotten shots of them like just staged around different parts of like the residences and Buckingham Palace. Like, I I feel like they they probably had some degree of force. That I mean, there's no way Matt Smith and Claire Foy are flying in to just sit <laughs> on a couch for five seconds oh. and and get a photo taken. Yeah, I guess that's true. They might. And then he also gives her a, a mug and a teapot and a commemorative plate that he himself has designed for her jubilee. It just felt weird. It felt like giving her like a touristy, like just like souvenir. Has she ever had that done before? I don't know. Maybe it's yeah, exciting. Th- those those like uh, commemorative plates and stuff. They they didn't look good, right? Like they they looked very amateurish. Yeah, they looked pretty basic. I thought. Yeah, I, I wasn't paying attention to them. Yeah, like to- totally like cheap tourist shop material. I thought that's what they were supposed to be. <laughs> I feel like, oh, you think it's just tourist shop material? I mean, I would expect well, I thought the it was one like he you... was showing what the people could get. Oh, that's fair. But she know. kept it. I would expect the one that you give to her to be more like ornately, you know, gold on the outside, something fancy. Elizabeth is just actually really tacky. <laughs> Not just like a, a prop from the gift shop. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Um, all right. Also at the birthday, Philip, uh, king of literally providing input that nobody asked for, uh, Margaret leaves. She's like, why does everybody always side with, uh, Tony? She leaves and Philip is like, well, can you blame Tony? (laughs) It's like at Margaret's birthday party. He's so mean. I thought he liked Margaret. (laughs) See, everyone's just siding with Tony because Margaret isn't like, I don't know, slightly less charming than him 24-7. Like, honestly, I don't know. They kind of seem like the same cloth of like, can be really charming and also are emotional wrecks. Like, (laughs) Well, uh, okay. I mean, in in defense of Tony's likability, like, I I feel like when you, when he needs to turn it on, he absolutely does. And Mm -hmm. when Margaret needs to turn it on, she, she does nothing of the sort. Speaking of Tony's likability, I feel like we've always been neutral positive, maybe, on Tony. Did we know Mm -hmm. that he was as racist as he is? Uh, Um, Apparently, he just, like, leaves racist notes for Margaret, just, like, around the apartment for her to find, which felt like news to me. I don't that, know. Yeah, I didn't know about that. But I mean, sure, they are the British upper class. <laughs> yeah, that was a weird thing to learn. Yeah, I mean, and, and half of those like nicknames went went totally over my head, too. No, I don't I don't understand. I don't understand a lot of the references, but they're not. But great. you know, they're racist. They're, but, you know, they're racist for sure. I feel like, yeah. Why does that sound politically familiar for me? I don't know. Yeah, um, I think they're definitely going for like angling. How bad can Tony look? And like they're just revealing all the things that were there all along. Um, all right. So Tony is in a relationship with uh, the thing. Mm-hmm. Sounds like a character from a horror movie, but it's not. That it's is just a this character. From a horror movie. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine if she, if it, like the reveal was that it was that alien. <laughs> it's not. Well, maybe she is an alien. No, it's Lucy Lindsay Hogg. Basically, they're not discreet. Um, about their relationship. Tony basically picks her up just off the street and then they go to his house in Sussex that Margaret hates. Um, and they spend a lot of time there doing, I, I don't even know what, reading a book together? Just being cozy. normal couple things. Maybe yeah. Margaret doesn't read, so, you know, that's a new thing for him. He likes it. We don't really learn that much about her. I don't know what she does. I don't know where they met. I don't know what she's about. They don't really care to tell us any of that. Well, you know she's not important then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, do are are we? Do we expect to see 
Tony again after this episode? I'm not playing. I'm not playing this game again because I feel like I said I never expect to see Harold Wilson again, and you know what? Here he was. I I never (laughs) expected to see Wallace Simpson again. (laughs) Yeah, I'm not playing this game. If we say no, that's how you know he's going to turn up in the next season. Some at some point. How how do we feel about just like this plot having been the season finale? Because I I found it like a very like underwhelming topic to tackle like here at the end of all things. I guess it does feel more like a middle type episode. It just didn't feel grand enough, I guess. Exactly. Like, don't you think last week's episode would have probably served as a better finale than this one? I, I mean, yeah, I feel like at the heart of this, like it's the crown. It's the show. It's a show about Queen Elizabeth. And it's like, obviously, this episode was mostly about Margaret. And then they tried to like reconcile that with like oh but it's also queen elizabeth's jubilee so she has a presence in this finale and and that felt very shoehorned to me it like did. the because all of a sudden elizabeth had you know spotlight on her in the last five ten minutes of this episode but it, it none of it felt earned and even even just like the cut to black at the end was you know as she was making her way toward like whatever celebration or ceremony was going to take place but it all felt very underwhelming. Yeah. And like there was also they're kind of trying to do like a foreshadowing thing by having Charles in there for a second. And then you're like, OK, what's how are they doing? I haven't seen them in like several episodes. Well, it also felt very disjointed and I I didn't really like it. It's like Margaret has this big moment, right, where she is, you know, it's kind of like post her suicide attempt. And then Elizabeth just makes it all about her. She's like, oh, but did I accomplish anything during my reign? It's like, what? Why are you taking this moment from Margaret? That's so weird. Yeah, that definitely felt like they should be in different moments. Yeah. Like maybe let Margaret recover a little bit. But I think it's safe to say that there was one big bright spot in this episode, and that was in the form of Roddy Llewellyn. Oh, you're a Roddy fan? Oh, big time. I mean, like, so... We saw some of the events of this episode already depicted in the the made for TV Queen Sister that mm-hmm. we uh, recapped in between seasons, and we got like uh, we got the what Mr. Bingley version of Roddy in in, in that movie, <laughs> yes. um, and 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 that one that one felt very like he felt very kind of like boyish and and innocent and and you know kind of fun loving, but. Like this, this Roddy was a like a straight up stud. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, yeah. Carlin, did you say this Roddy was twenty five? Yeah, I think he's supposed to be. I think they said that. Oh, oh. twenty five. Yeah, I would have guessed older. You know, he was pretty. I think he was pretty young. Oh. I mean, I believe it. He, he, he was just it. very well put together. Like, yeah. very very well groomed, very chiseled. Um, I will say so. Margaret's friend Anne is trying to set her up and it doesn't seem like her intent is to set her up with Roddy when Anne invites Margaret to her house at uh, like the Glen, I think it's called. She's pointing out all these other men and it's Margaret who's like, but who's that guy? Oh, well, never mind. I got, uh, yeah, (laughs) let's go with that. And then I think Anne is like, I've made a grave mistake. It's like that's, it's like a Arrested Development. He's like, I made a huge mistake. Yeah. 
which like how how did she how did she not know she was making that mistake as she was doing it like oh like here's a you know a friend of mine whose marriage is on the rocks she's miserable she needs to cut loose a bit i'm gonna invite her up here for for the weekend and there's a bunch of uh you know young attractive men here that are ready to 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 mingle and mess around like like what did she think she was doing Maybe she was taking on the Dickie role. She thought that Margaret could just sow her wild oats. I guess. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, these people have no idea what consequences are. It's amazing. But but this this Anne woman in particular seemed like she was just utterly clueless about like the actions that she was taking while she was taking them. Like it's like yeah, you know. Hey, 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 Margaret, come on up to Scotland via the Hogwarts Express uh, and, you know, just come come meet like, uh, you know, a bunch of like Tinder potentials. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, Ivan, I have a question for you. So you've uh, expressed that you're a fan of Roddy. Everybody calls Roddy stupid. I think Margaret calls him stupid. Tony calls him stupid. Is Roddy like a is Roddy stupid? Is he like a, a himbo? What is what's going on here? What is the situation with Roddy? Well, he he just seems to be like very common compared to the the rest of them and their their class and their society. And he hasn't really demonstrated any unlikable characteristics to us as the viewers, just more so that like, you know, for for somebody of of Margaret's or even Tony's caliber, he just probably comes across as very like basic and very common. Can I ask a question as well? Uh, Roddy owns a mobile disco company. What is a mobile disco company? What is that? <laughs> what, what does that is, entail? Is he like a DJ? That's a it's, yeah. Oh, that, that means that must DJ, be it, right? I think so. I don't. Yeah, else he, would you he probably need a just has like a bunch for. of yeah, like a DJ equipment in a van that he can bring to various parties. Well, I was like, yeah. or does he just have a party bus and like he'll drive around? <laughs> I don't think he has a party bus. <laughs> Have you ever driven around in a party bus? Yeah, to like high school prom, like a party bus was oh, rented. You, you, oh, you rented the party bus instead of the limo? That was the move? Yes, uh, yes. Carlin? I think so. I, I feel like yes, but I might be mistaking it with a limo. I don't really know. I think I went to, I think I went on a party bus and like sorority stuff. Yeah. Oh, okay. What about you, Ivan? You ever you ever been on the party bus? Yeah, like uh, there, I think I bunch of coworkers and I rented one out like one Friday evening and just drove around town. Uh, the the uh, party bus came equipped with karaoke. And so we just went bar hopping and did karaoke in between the bars. It was a good time. So oh, if, nice. if that's Roddy's business, I, I think he's that, that that's very enterprising of him. <laughs> he was just ready for the trend like 20 years, 30 years early. Yeah. Yeah. Something like that. I don't think Roddy's stupid. I mean, at least he's very well schooled. Like that was one thing that was mentioned that like he's like yeah. in school and knows things. I, I I don't think that a guy who's like familiar with like various species of trees in the Caribbean is going to be that stupid. Yeah, he he knows he knows the plants. He's got some some brain in there. Yeah. Does he know that he's um going to cause some kind of like national crisis a little bit? No. Probably not. I, I just don't think that like his areas of expertise come off as very like relevant or impressive to, you know, the royals or or like people within those circles. Oh, no. He has like groundskeeper expertise. Um, does Ronnie have like super speed? How does he run out of Margaret's house? She chases after him and then he's disappeared. <laughs> I don't know either. Did he have like a micro like a motorcycle or something? Like how did he get away so fast? Why didn't she check the garden? It's- <laughs> He's just hiding in a bush. 
There's he can't have had a motorcycle. He they were driven there by like from the airport. Like, oh yeah, I have no idea. It made He's no sense. Car. But yeah, um, so Margaret takes him to go buy a bathing suit because they learn that uh, he actually doesn't own a bathing suit. So they go to like the department store in town, and I feel like this is one of the first times that we've seen just kind of like the royals in the crown out in public. And like yeah. just regular people have to interact with them at a time when they probably actually know what they look like. Um, yeah. Because I think the queen, we saw the queen mother do this in like season one, but nobody knew it was her. Um, mm-hmm. Now we're firmly in like, was it 77? Yeah. Um, I think so. Yeah. So they're probably, you know, their pictures are all over TV and magazines and everything. And <laughs> people don't know how to act it's it's wild no that was so funny with like the shop lady who's like wasn't sure whether or not to like turn around <laughs> yeah that i mean that that was a very uncomfortable scene but oh man I, yeah i'd be horrified i would just like honestly if i saw the queen walk or like anyone just be like just run away like don't even <laughs> risk having to interact with them <laughs> see like i i like, i found it so frustrating because Mar- the way Margaret carried herself through that scene was so like holier than thou. Like you could tell that she looked down on everyone and everything around her. And I don't know, it 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 didn't it didn't earn her any points for me. I think that's just who she is, though. <laughs> I think that that felt very. I'm like I kind of appreciated that they did that, just to kind of remind you, like yeah, like we're watching this show and like you kind of form attachments to these people, but they're probably like jerks. Like they would be a jerk to you in real life. <laughs> Yeah, but okay, but 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 compare compare like Margaret here to when you know Elizabeth like went to Aberfan or any other time that like Elizabeth has had to kind of like present herself to the public and to her constituents. Like Elizabeth is when she does that, she she puts on like a face, like she's not her real self. She has to like be like very fake with her niceties, but but she makes the effort. Whereas like Margaret just like makes absolutely no effort to come across as likable or or pleasant to anyone around her. Yeah, I guess. But that was also a formal like event that Elizabeth had to do. I don't have we seen Elizabeth just like being forced to go out in public? Well, I mean, it was definitely more of a formal event, but there was also a season or two back the whole thing about how Elizabeth is going to start like meeting more with the common people. And there was like a group of them that were like, Ported over to Buckingham Palace to to get to meet the Queen. So presumably she's still doing more of that kind of stuff on the regular. I don't know. I mean, I think General Elizabeth has a better. Um, I don't want to say just public face, but like she's just better with people. I imagine, but in like a weird way, where like she's not charming, but maybe she's just able to be nicer. But but that's not that we've been told. We we've been told that like Margaret is the one that's better at this kind of stuff. She's better at schmoozing and commiserating and going out and winning people over. Elizabeth is the one that's supposed to be less talented in this arena, and yet like Elizabeth seems to have kind of grown into the role, whereas Margaret has just completely dropped the the facade and stopped even trying. Yeah, I don't. It might just be a class thing. Like uh, Margaret's really good at doing that with rich people. <laughs> No one else. Right. But you wait. Right. No, you never reminded me of that party she went to when she first met Tony. But I guess that was also a party. Maybe she's just in a bad mood. That still felt like upper class. Yeah. Yeah. And she was grumpy even at that party. I don't think she was really like schmoozing <laughs> with anyone other than Tony. Because she just doesn't like people, I guess, actually. I mean, I guess this begs the question. Do we like in the sliding doors universe of like what could have happened? Like, 
do we think that Margaret is just like destined to be unhappy? Like even if she and Peter Townsend had been like allowed to be together, do we still see the same end? Is this just like her personality that's kind of like she just butts heads with people? Um, or is this really just kind of like her relationship with Tony specifically is just very toxic? Well, I, yeah, no, Carlin, go ahead. I was just going to say, like, I think she's had this wound and like this problem since she was a little kid. Like we've seen that with, um, Tommy, like when he first told her, like, you can never be queen. I'm sure that like started a complex that like was just never addressed. So I bet it would have always been a problem. I think Tony wasn't a good match, though. I think they're kind of too similar in what their flaws are. Yeah, I agree. I, I think Margaret, yeah, for, for most of her life has been sort of predisposition to have a desire to do what she's not supposed to do. Uh, and I, I think part of, the, like, I would imagine to a certain degree, infidelity falls into that category where, like, she's not just, like, unfaithful to Tony because their marriage is on the rocks or she doesn't like him or he doesn't like her. I think there's also just this, like, very sort of, you know, ad adventure, like irresponsible, adventurous, reckless element to her where I think like even if she had married Peter and they were like, you know, somewhat happier than she she has been with Tony, like there's probably still a part of her that would kind of want to gallivant around. Did we talk yet about how uh, Margaret and Roddy like go back to go swim in the pool immediately after he's gotten his swim trunks and there's just like three men in black like holding umbrellas, like watching them as they're doing it. It's so bizarre. It, it, yeah, they have a weird, weird relationship here. Their relationship is so weird. So they end up going to the Caribbean, which Margaret teased a little bit. She's like, I have a, I have a huge garden in the Caribbean that you can cultivate. And they get there and it's like they haven't communicated like how they're going to display their relationship to the world once they're there. It's like only after they get off the plane they're like, oh, we're on a different page about like what this is. Um, she's calling him boy. He's calling her darling. They're doing that thing where like he's trying to grab her hand and she's like smacking it away. <laughs> it's so awkward. Poor naive Roddy. <laughs> but I don't get how he wouldn't have understood that like there's no way this could be like a public relationship or like, you know, that she clearly was just looking for a boy toy. I guess in that regard, he is kind of stupid. Book smart, not people smart. It all kind of leads to, uh, Carlin, as you mentioned, this paparazzi photo, which ends up getting leaked out in the world. And I love when we get this. We see the montage of literally everybody in the royal family seeing the photo, which oh, is I like know. a crown special. Um, Rip <laughs> David and Wallace, no longer part of it. But guess who gets to be there? Charles. I think he was the first one. It was like Charles on, on his Navy ship and his Navy posting. Yeah, Charles and Anne. Just everyone in the family gets to experience Margaret causing scandal. All generations. I know. What do we think Charles's analysis of this is? He's just been told he can't, like, it would be too scandalous for him to get involved with Camilla. And yet here's his Auntie Margot, <laughs> just like with a guy who's like probably his age, <laughs> just like in the Caribbean. Well, I, I, I mean... I think the difference is that Margaret is not next in line for the throne. Ooh, yeah. Sir, you could just, um, it's not defect. What's the word? To not be on the, whatever. He could have, you know, just quit. <laughs> just quit. And this, I think, is where Queen Mother has her, like, moment of the episode. She is so pissed. <laughs> She's like, Martin, you better do something. <laughs> oh, my God. And Martin's like, uh, what? <laughs> It's like, I don't take orders from you, but I guess maybe I have to. 
Yeah, spending 12 hours on an airplane doesn't give you license to behave like a whore. <laughs> Queen Mother really put all of herself into that line. All right, so Tony's feelings about it are complicated, as I think one, like, it's not that surprising, but it's surprising to this woman, Lucy. She's like, why aren't you happier? He's like, because this is a weird situation for me. Um, you know, this is my wife. Uh, so he goes back to try and talk to Margaret, but lo and behold, Margaret returns with Roddy in <laughs> just one of the most uncomfortable scenes probably that we've seen in The Crown to date, especially from like Roddy's perspective of just like standing there watching them have like an argument mm-hmm. that's like borderline abusive on both sides. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I have so little like empathy for Tony. Like, I'm sorry, he cheated first, like, bro. But wait, did did he for sure? Do we know that? Why? He's the first one shown with I assume with a- he did. I, I assume he did, but like, the, I, I don't think the the show ever makes it clear. Did we ever have any indications that she was cheating before? I guess I don't remember anything being mentioned. I, th- I thought that season. was implied. Oh, I don't know. Maybe. I thought Roddy was the first, but I could be wrong. Uh, yeah, I thought it was implied as well. Okay, well, so I still, I think it was Tony first. Tony was cheating like back when it was Matthew Good. So Wait, I'm, I'm going to go with Tony. now. Does Tony have another, does Tony have a secret kid with his yeah, friend's does. wife? Mm-hmm. That is a thing, right? Oh, I totally forgot about that. So it, Tony started this. Tony started this. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, like we, we, we know that she ended up having that kid. Did we ever see that? Um, we never saw the kid, but there was no implication that there would have been an abortion. So I don't know. All right. So the big moment here between Tony and Margaret is Tony is like, you know what? If you do this, we're getting a divorce. What's changed? Like, why is this okay now? I don't know. One too many. Too many. Mist- What's the male form of mistress? So mistress and is it mister? I guess That's so. a good question. I mean, must be. All right. Too many of those. So, sorry, uh, Sam, you you asked the question of like, what's changed? Well, I mean, does it, yeah, like, what are the rules right now? Like, because obviously, I don't think Margaret is in a position to be able to call off the marriage, but I assume Tony's probably not bound by the same level of like, you know, required discipline. To me, I feel like the only difference is Tommy Lassell's. Elizabeth just doesn't care anymore. Like, yeah, Elizabeth doesn't care. It's it has to be like the establishment, like the fact that Martin is in charge now. Does Martin really care? I don't know. I, I, I again, I think like the answer probably lies somewhere in the fact that like Margaret is not next in line for the throne, so she, like the, there isn't as much sanctity to anything that she does compared to Elizabeth or Charles. I mean, she's not next in line to the throne but there's like a universe where you know everybody ahead of her died like <laughs> she may not be second die. she may not be second but she's what like sixth fifth <laughs> it's pretty far okay so obviously we have charles we have uh andrew and edward we have Anne. i imagine after that and then yeah. if all and of the children Margaret. die i ass- it, w- would it be Margaret or would it be Philip first? I don't think Philip has any rights like that. <laughs> They're one family vacation away from it being Margaret. <laughs> one, fam- yeah, I mean, yeah, one family vacation mishap. Okay. But I mean, how often are all of these people together at the same time anyway? Uh, yeah, we've never seen it. Just at the coronation, probably. <laughs> Who's the just desi- those you think photos they have a designated they survivor? Every other season. <laughs> Okay, so they they will be getting divorced, it seems. 
which leads uh, Margaret down uh, a pretty dark path. Yeah, to basically the point where she now just exists to like prop up Liz, which I, again, I've expressed, I think is not correct. It, it feels weird. All right, let's talk about some of the other things that are going on here. So apparently we've seen the last of Prime Minister Heath. We learned here that uh, Elizabeth did not like, and she's making it known to all of her friends yeah, uh, that she liked yeah, Wilson to, much to more. To a very wide audience that yeah. like that probably could go out and you know talk to the press or or their friends <laughs> and if they wanted to. Yeah. I know. I've and the fact that she says it not once but twice. She's like unconstitutionally, I did not like that man. I know. <laughs> There's the unconstitutional cheer that she let out. She, yeah. she yeah. said twice. Oh my god. But I mean she's not wrong. Like what a sh- so they basically the newscast at the beginning says, "Hey, listen. If Prime Minister Heath and like the liberal guy in charge can form an alliance and come to some sort of negotiation, then maybe they could form like a majority and find some sort of deal that would allow uh, one of them to take the prime ministership or take take the government, basically, and Wilson would not be in charge. But if there's one person that I do not trust in a negotiation, I've learned very <laughs> over the <laughs> past two episodes, it's Prime Minister Heath. He completely yeah. bundled, like, <laughs> he completely fucks this up. Yeah. And I'm not sad to see him go. Yeah, he no wasn't that entertaining, so... I lost count, but apparently Wilson. So you think when Liz says that she's had seven prime ministers, Harold Wilson counts twice, or it's just once? Probably once, because yeah, she's counting well, by people, on. right? Let's let's go down the list. Okay, so oh, man. we had Wilson, or sorry, we we with Winston. We had um uh what's his name the the sick man mm-hmm. Anthony Eden. Was he the next Anthony one? Eden, yes. and then we had Macmillan. We yeah, did. and then I think we had an unseen prime minister so in between seasons two and three, and then we had Harold Wilson, then Heath, then Wilson again. So yeah, that that would mean Wilson counts twice. Oh, okay. It's the Grover Cleveland question. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, this was a good send off for Harold Wilson. Um, I felt sad for him, but he seems to have like really come to terms with it in a way that I think his predecessors you know, maybe wouldn't have been quite at peace with like having to step down in this way. Oh yeah. I mean, yeah, clear. Yeah. They, they were so arrogant about it compared Mm -hmm. to him. Like he, I mean like, okay, I'm willing to bet that Peter Morgan is, has taken some creative liberties to make Harold Wilson seem a lot more likable and sympathetic than he probably was in real life. Cause he is, I think he's painted in an extremely flattering way here in the show, uh, which at least to me, I think requires some suspension of disbelief. Okay, yeah. fair. I'm gonna assume he's an angel, though, but that's fair. He did. I he did bungle that uh mine thing, the other mine thing. So yeah, Liz's reaction is a little bit. <laughs> it's not exactly correct. He's like, I have Alzheimer's, and Liz is like, Is that that bad though? He's like, Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I really Liz, can't do this anymore. Yeah, uh, she just doesn't know what anything is. Yeah, she's just like, why don't you just take some penicillin? <laughs> yeah, they'll fix it. But on the way out, Queen Elizabeth asks Wilson to invite her. So I guess she invites herself over to Downing Street for dinner, <laughs> yeah. uh, which has only ever happened uh, for Winston Churchill before. So big honor for Harold Wilson, for sure. Mm-hmm. Good for him. Yeah, yeah. A, yeah it's, it's just a ni- it's a nice ending for for his arc. 
And I guess the unseen benefit of Harold Wilson's resignation is that they can hide Margaret's divorce somewhere in the news. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Just get it to the fifth page, you know. Yeah, as Harold Wilson says, um, no shock lasts longer than 48 hours. I mean, he's not wrong. I guess. As I look at the news cycle. Yeah, it's depressing. what has lasted more than 48 hours. You have to wonder, um, like trying to think if this happened today. So yeah, obviously, like if there was all of a sudden some news about like Princess Anne getting a divorce, I don't even know if she's married, but I assume she is. Like all of a sudden there's some news about her getting a divorce and then like the next day Boris Johnson resigns. I'm going to assume nobody cares about like the, you know, the younger sister to the to the monarch, like just no getting. Yeah, like that. That's it's a good strategy. It doesn't even need to be Boris Johnson resigning. It just needs to be like Boris Johnson gets a new bike helmet that makes his hair look weird. And (laughs) (laughs) he doesn't need a bike helmet for that. (laughs) But yeah, really poor episode for mental health, um, I think overall, um, in the way that the royals react to it. I think that after uh, what goes down with Margaret, the queen mother is like, this was just a cry for help, which is a really bad read on the situation. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, I, I, I don't have any reason left to believe that the queen mother like knows what time it is. Like her, her judgment <laughs> has now become very like flawed Wait. and outdated. Ivan, you wouldn't you wouldn't point to the like fifty million clocks that exist within <laughs> Buckingham Palace. <laughs> oh I my think god! That everywhere she looks, she would probably know what time it is. <sighs> Sam, come on! <laughs> it's a metaphor. Jesus. Yeah, I mean, she just kind of seems like one of those old ladies who doesn't really want to learn anything new about things like mental health. So, you know, if she grew up where you would just kind of ignore your problems, then. Everyone else should too. It's 1977 right now. Like she probably has like no intellectual curiosity. Like she's not going out there and seeing Star Wars. But then again, who is in that family? But they are listening to Squeezebox. (laughs) So you're right. Charles saw it. Charles. (laughs) Charles saw Star Wars. Where's that interview? Someone find it. Charles definitely did. He's an actor. He has to watch these works of cinema. (laughs) <laughs> oh, I, I, yeah. you know, I realized it's probably one of the kids. Are they still kids? Is Edward still yeah, a child? Ed, Ed, Edward, probably. Yeah. yeah Edward, Edward and Andrew are seeing Star Wars. They're like, hey, Sir Alec Guinness, come on. <laughs> Got to support our boy. Do you think they have to like rent out the entire movie theater? Do they get a screening of the a private screening at Buckingham Palace? How do they see the movie? I think they do have a movie theater. So probably they probably just ask for it and they get it. Pro- I mean, I think it's a safe bet. Or yeah, or at least a projector. I was about to be like, I think they have a bowling alley, but that's the White House. Maybe they, they do have a bowling, bowling alley. alley. So, no, that's you know. way too much fun for them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Anything that we missed here on the season three finale? Nah, this episode sucked. Yeah, you're so mean. <laughs> I thought it was really emotional. I, I liked it. Was, it. It, was, it shouldn't have been the finale is all I'm saying. Like, they, like okay. re- remember like for the past couple of weeks when all we would talk about is like, where's Helena Bonham Carter? Where, where's more Margaret? Like mm-hmm. this should have been like, you know, episode seven, eight or nine. It, it, like it, it, there was nothing grandiose about it uh, enough to be a finale. Okay. I would say good episode, bad finale. That's what I'll say. Uh, yeah, I think this was like a middle of the road episode in terms of like season three overall. And I think that if we take a step back and we look at season three, uh, compared to the other seasons, it is probably like number three out of three 
for me. Um, I thought the pacing of the season overall was very strange. There was so much that happened kind of like off camera that would just get like referenced in a, like in an episode and you'd be like, but we didn't actually see that. I feel like how many, how much time did we go through in this season? Was it like 15 years? It was a pretty it was long time. Something like that. I think we, we were in the early to mid sixties at the start of it, and then yeah, seventy-seven by the end. So so we, we we covered quite a bit of ground. Like I think way more ground than the first season covered. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that probably impacted the pacing as well because I feel like the first two seasons were pretty tight um in yeah. terms of like just the the amount of time and like the story that they were covering. And this one I don't know what happened. They were like new cast and maybe they realized like, oh, shoot, we have a lot to catch up on before we get to present day. Yeah. So so I'll, I'll tell you what happened. I'll tell you why it was a little weaker and, and disjointed compared to seasons one and two. So I think it's because the family's getting really big right now and you could not adequately like give enough like a, you know, spotlight to everyone and, and develop them. Because like even by the end of season one, like, the show fe- already felt very lived in like we so you, season one you had like you know ostensibly three main characters elizabeth philip and margaret and then like winston was kind of like the the fourth pov character like arguably although he didn't get quite as much focus as the other three so by mm-hmm. the end of season one like you you really like got to know these characters pretty well you had a pretty good sense of who they were and then like that carried us over into season two where winston was e- no longer even a part of it so you were just able to kind of hone in on the big three now all of a sudden you've got charles and and you've got Anne, and you've got all of these other people and you're you're now having to kind of spread the attention across like a much larger ensemble cast and you know you start your season off focusing on some kgb art collector which which felt like a very weird note to to (laughs) start things on Mm -hmm. And, you know, you you have, you know, like one or two Philip episodes in there, one or two Margaret episodes now, an entire episode that focused very much on Dickie. And then on top of that, you introduce Charles and all of a sudden you have to like spend only the second half of the season really fleshing him out. And in the middle of all of this, like the one person we didn't really get to know was Elizabeth at this Mm -hmm. age. Like I still don't really have a good sense of like, what makes her tick now at mid-age? Because, like, I don't know if there was really any episode this entire season that really put her front and center. Like, like, by, you know, I remember being really excited when I first, like, learned that Olivia Coleman was going to be, you know, taking over for Claire Foy. And then, you know, by the end of the season, like, you you, you don't get the sense that Olivia Coleman is wasted in this role, but you also kind of feel like that, you know, she's maybe only hitting like 80% of her potential mm-hmm. in the performance. Yeah. I mean, that's all. I feel like that's been my critique across the whole show was that it wasn't enough Elizabeth, but yeah, it definitely was more of a thing here. And I don't know if they're ever going to be able to remedy that just because the story, oddly enough, like the spotlight that people expect is going to always shift with the new generation. So I don't know. Maybe we have no chances. Is is Liz going to become important again? Who knows? I, I, I think this is why, like, the show, you know, probably very strategically, like, allocates two seasons to each cast. Because, like, you know, whatever gr- ground you don't cover in fleshing them out in the first season and really kind of, like, exploring the full potential of the performance, you, you have another 10 episodes to get to it. But... Uh, 
and and I think we're prob they're, they're probably going to try to remedy it a bit in season four now, but uh, it, it's not like the cast is getting any smaller. Whereas like seasons one and two, it's it stayed pretty constant. But mm-hmm. you know, next season I assume we're getting even more characters, yeah. including yeah. you know the certain someone. So <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they're, they're, it, it's it's starting to get very crowded, and I think that's why the show in this season felt a little disjointed and i and i do think that they probably from a storytelling standpoint made some poor decisions about like where to allocate a lot of this real estate mm-hmm. yeah i wonder how much of this too is just like thinking about the royal family uh, like you think of them in kind of like this kind of like uh the context of like the past so to see them like move through time and now be interacting with like stuff from the present that like you actually recognize in some ways, like in your own life, it's also just like weird to see. But I mean, I think to your point, like, yeah, the most we got from Elizabeth is what, like her trip to Kentucky? Like, what is this? Yeah, we only got her. Yeah, that was about it. And, and, and that was really more of a B plot until she got like, you know, kind of yanked back to, to the UK to take care of the, that was the coup episode, right? Yeah. Like she, yeah. Yeah, yeah that was, that was the Dickie episode. D- Dickie was the A plot. Yeah, so I think uh, overall on the season, what would we say, seven out of ten? Yeah, yeah, that like fair. I'd say, yeah, like you know, C plus B minus, depending on how generous I'm feeling any given day. <laughs> what is the Philip Life score of season three? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Philip! All right, uh, should we talk about the Kinky Crown nominees from this episode, of which there were many? Yeah, let's go. Yeah. I mean, I'll, I'm less imaginative than, than the two of you. So I'll just throw out some of like, well, I, I, I'd say like the most overt one is the uh, nimble fingers. Yeah, that was, that was pretty good. That is a good one. Yeah, I feel like most of mine also revolve around just Margaret and Roddy kind of like as a concept. Like I think the fact that Margaret tells Tony that her garden is quite neglected and then mm. proceeds to take her to, or take him to her garden. Yeah. <laughs> right. Just like a kinky circumstance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. I just think the fact that she bought him drunks, like there's something, she was so dom with him in the most like overt way. Um. Uh, my only other one that wasn't related to those two, I don't remember the contacts, but at some point Wilson told Elizabeth, like they're going to rough you on up. But again, I don't remember what that was about. <laughs> it's just in my notes. So I don't know what that was for. I don't remember what that was for either. Oh, well, that's just there little ghost in the background of the awards is that it oh okay wait there's one more where philip was like has margaret been knocked up by a footman (laughs) (laughs) that was pretty great oh that yeah so i guess there was implications that she was cheating i I guess i just forgot about that Uh, margaret and all her footmen yeah also what was it liz was telling tony that like it's fine if you need to cheat but just do it behind closed doors like what was yeah Classic Elizabeth and Elizabeth's mom. They love saying that to people. Yeah, they were like, I understand that people are going to, you know, like do what they need to do. That's how you make a marriage work. But like, just don't show people. Mm -hmm. Interesting take for sure. I don't know. I feel like it has to go to a Margaret and Roddy moment. I like the nimble fingers. That was that was good. Is that your vote? I, I vote nimble fingers. Did somebody was there another kinky crown nominee about hands? Uh, yeah, there was. Who said something about hands earlier? Delicate hands? Wasn't it about Heath and his piano hands? It was. Yes, he has delicate fingers. I don't think that one won, though. 
And I don't think it deserved to. <laughs> okay, but do, do, do the nimble fingers deserve to win now is the question. I think oh, so. Oh, absolutely. I think so. I'll, I will I will co-sign on that. Nimble Sweet. fingers in the garden. Tame those wild weeds. Cool. So good. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I think that's it. Any closing thoughts here on the episode or the season before we share what we will be covering next? I liked it. I, I did like the season overall. I think it's kind of fun when they switch the casts out. Like you get sad that you have a new cast, but then you're like, these people have grown on me. But did you miss yeah. the first cast? I do, yeah. but it was more in the sense of like, I wish there were more episodes in that time frame as opposed to like them being put in weird makeup. Like this is us. I think this is a little <laughs> bit easier to buy. Um, do you think that like they, like the crown could have stretched it out and done more seasons with each cast and like, we're getting obviously six seasons of The Crown, but could they have done nine seasons? Or would that have been, would it have gotten tedious? I, nine seasons with one cast, you mean? or Well, no, like maybe you, you do three seasons with each cast. Oh. Hmm. Maybe? I, oh. I, I, I think at that point they might like overstay their welcome, honestly. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe when things get real dramatic, maybe they could use more seasons, but yeah. Well, maybe if it's like, obviously we got like, each season is 10 episodes, so we got 20 episodes. But maybe you have three seasons that are eight episodes each. I mean, well, I don't know. Because, you know, jumping ahead here a little bit, but, you know, the upcoming fifth season of the show, um, which will, you know, feature, I think, the final cast of the series, uh, they were originally just going to do a fifth season and call it quits. And then they decided to add on the sixth and and and, and stretch it to 20 episodes instead of 10. So... I mean, I think they they decide as they go along, like how much storytelling there is for any given era. Yeah, it, it does seem though that they are covering like yeah, like a much like wider window of time for this season three slash forecast than they did for seasons one and two. Because seasons one and two, when all was said and done, like really only like you know encapsulated maybe a decade whereas like mm -hmm. we're already at you know nearly a decade and a half just one season into this new cast i think that pretty much concludes season three for now so obviously next time we'll be talking about the crown we'll be diving into season four so mostly same cast but uh we will be seeing some new characters we'll be getting uh margaret thatcher we'll be getting princess diana so you know very much looking forward to that um, that'll kind of bring us almost caught up to, I think, where we're at in The Crown. Hopefully, we'll get that all out before Season 5 hits. But as always, before we dive into the next season of The Crown, we're going to need a couple palate cleansers. Uh, we're going to need to see some new perspectives on the royal family. And so next time, which will probably be in a, a few weeks, I think we will be back and we will be talking about something. <laughs> oh, something. We're not sharing. Yeah. We're, oh, we're, okay. we're, but it'll delight you all. I promise. <laughs> all right. Um, so, yeah, we'll be talking about something. We have plans to talk about something else that is even more obscure um, <laughs> as we just dive into the, the depths of, like, how obscure we can go. Then we'll take a little bit of a break, and then we'll be back to talk about season four. But, yeah, stay Sounds tuned like for... Yeah, sounds like a plan, but stay tuned for, uh, or stay on the lookout, I guess, over the next couple of weeks for um, a special episode. And tweet at us at Crown Around Pod and let us know what you thought about our first three seasons. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
Yes, definitely. So Ivan, uh, if people want to reach out to you directly, are you are you off grid? There's nowhere they can do that. There's nowhere they can do it. Um, all right, Carlin, what about you? Where can people find you on social media? Um, Twitter at Carlin Greenwald, Instagram at Carlin underscore G E E. All right, and you can find me on Twitter at Sir Sam Chung. But the best place to reach us, if you have any thoughts about the podcast, is at Crown Around Pod. If you have any like content uh, about the royal family that you're like, why haven't they talked about this? Let us know. Yeah, or just or just any hot goss. Any hot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, feel free to also forward on all the hot goss. Uh, in the meantime, thank you all for listening, and we will see you next time. And God save the queen. God save the queen. God save the queen. Happy birthday. <laughs>